It's Friday! Friday, Friday at last. And the dice are screaming are coming at you right oh, now. It's happening. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that will, that fell off right Yeah, there. sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right off a cliff. Mm. Hey, hope everybody's doing fine. It's the weekend coming up. Hope you got lots of gaming headed your way. And if not, well, you know, you're stuck listening to us. So, hope you have some fun. We got I know some topics. We, we, oh, I we got games galore. Get games coming out of our ears Saturday and Sunday. I know. Oh. And Monday. Oh, and a kudo to uh, the folks at uh, Perfect Storm, because they're doing a uh, Adventure League lock-in. Oh, yeah. 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 That, Adventure uh, League, so. So, bravo for them. Uh, Perfect Storm Games here in beautiful Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> I, say yeah. with, I say with a heavy sense of irony, but yeah. but they are a little point of light in uh, the benighted yeah. uh Southwest Michigan area. So, good on them. Yeah, if you're in the area, grab yourself some game on that. Uh, shout out to them. And as well, we have some shout outs. We have, of course, our podcast family, which uh, Glenn Hallstrom, Rio Grognard. Make sure you listen to that guy. Remember, uh, you yes. know how you, you know how you're old when you're older than Greyhawk Grognard. Or Greyhawk Grognard. You're older <laughs> than Glenn Hallstrom of Grognard Radio. Because that guy, well, he's been there since it began. You know, even Gary Guy Guy said, Oh, there's the old guy. (laughs) He carved his dice from stones using nothing but his teeth because they did not have tools then. That's right. (laughs) They carved their rules on cave walls. Now, that's a real gamer, okay? Yep, that's why they kept them so simple. (laughs) And also, uh, Tim Shorts of State League Authorized Manor. Man, we have to pay that place a visit, man. Yeah, I really do. Because, uh, I mean, one, I've been craving a clove cigarette. Uh, yes. And yeah. some silver jewelry. And some smoking jackets. Yeah. Can I wear my fez? Oh, there's never an occasion when a fez is a bad choice. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, and nobody, you know, it, it leaves behind such an impression. A lot of people forget names, but no one ever forgets a fez. That's true. Ah. <sighs> Dad joke for the win. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, Chuck Thorne from Playing Around gave us a call last week. Glad to see you back in the circulation, Chuck. And there is our Follow Me and Die. Oh, yes. With uh, good old Larry, yes. local cat. So uh, kudos to you, Larry, for doing it. Here in the, the Southwest Michigan corridor yeah. of gamer goodness. Yep, so... Uh, yeah, we have uh, some other things to plug here. Is the last week we said the Wheel and Woe podcast? It's actually the Wheel or Woe, and they can be found at wheelorwoe.com. Catch up with their podcast. They're doing a giveaway of a flask. Oh, oh man! Yeah, that's so, my kind of thing. Yeah, it's already underway. So uh, supposedly check out verses uh, twelve and thirteen. I guess you'll know what that means when you listen to them. We're not going to say anything else. But get yourself entered to that. And in that spirit, we too, at the Dice Are Screaming, are doing a giveaway. Yes. Well, and it tis the season. Here we are, a week into December. And uh, with the season of giving uh, upon us, uh, we have taken it upon ourselves to give away something wonderful. Yes. My wife makes these wonderful crochet dice egg dice bags. Yes. Or dragon egg. Dragon egg. Ah, I'm all sorts of things tonight. Focus is not one of them, apparently. Now, don't try to crawl out of a fire with it like you're the Khaleesi, okay? I'm just going to say that. 
because it, it is yarn. Yes, right? it is. Dragon uh, egg dice bag. We're giving <laughs> those away. It has cool scales, though. Yeah, that's the scaly, scaly things on it. Uh, these hold about 70 or more dice, but uh, small dice, those little micro dice, yeah, don't put those in there. Fall right through. Yeah, and it's it's got the uh, the sealed top here. Yeah, little drawstrings, all that. Keep your dice in there. It'll beat. Bring in a Crown Royal dice bag because you'll have a Dragon Egg dice bag. So uh, if you want one of these, we got one, and we're giving it away. Pictures forthcoming. Ah, yep. you will probably see pictures of same floating around our various internet outlets. Ah, very shortly. Yeah, but my wife has generously donated her time in making one for this podcast, so this is a special one, and you will have another other like it. Yeah, you're not going to see this. Uh, you know, there's there's not going to be two of these at your game table. Unless somebody puts in a special order. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. I can't say for certain. But Well, each one's least... unique because of the color pattern, the way it kind of runs out with the variegated yarn she uses. But the pretty sturdy and washable and all that, and it definitely uh, beat... Uh, Bringing around, bringing your dice in a sock. So, these uh, this little handy dice bag can be yours. That's right. It's oh not. We only got one. I, I just away. flashed back to a lifetime ago before Crown Royal bags uh, became the thing. When you know it was not unheard of to have like a worn out tube sock full of dice. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Those were the days. But, uh, yeah, you can get this, and you may be asking yourself, how do I get myself one? Well, this one's free. And, of course, we're giving it away here on the Dice of Streaming. All you have to do is go to our very first episode and list the title on our Facebook page. That's the Dice of Streaming on Facebook. Find us there. And uh, just on any of the episodes between now and next Friday, place the title of our very first episode. We're not going to tell you what it is. got to go look. Yes, go find it. Ah, and this is not Epic Quest territory. It's not like you must cross the swamps of sadness. Oh, and, no. You know, to defeat the ogre of the marsh. And No, no. Super simple. Track down the name of our first episode and communicate that to us. Ah, you know. Yep. Just write it down in the comment section and we'll next Friday announce the winner. Also, my wife will be... Rolling the dice in screaming fashion. Yes. We're getting screaming dice. We'll find all the contestants. We'll pick a dice. Hopefully it'll be bigger than a die four. Yeah. And uh, we'll announce the winner. And we'll announce it on our podcast Friday and also on the Facebook page. And then we will come hunting for you. And seek out address information because I ship stuff all the time and there is no charge of any kind. Yeah, so you'll otherwise. definitely get it before Christmas. So. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be uh, happening uh, Tuesday. We're going to be pimping that. And, of course, Friday will be the night we announce who the winner is. So, all right. So, business out of the way. Yeah. So now we get to get to the cool What did we come here like, to do? Oh, we didn't talk about. We were going to talk about bards and music. Oh, we were? Oh, I wasn't aware of that. What? We're not? Well, okay. Well, once again, it comes time for me to be the... Heartbreaker and dreambreaker that I am. Curmudgeon. Yeah. Well, we are going to have, in conciliatory fashion, I am going to say that we do this tonight's topic, will involve music. And yes, okay. a touch of bards. I'm liking this. We're getting there. We're going to cover a topic that is so 
rampantly cliche and played out that most people don't even pay attention anymore. And that topic is where bards hang out, as well as other adventurers, taverns. Oh, all right. Well, they're, they're all right. This is not so bad. I, I like taverns. Well, yeah. You know, you I, get the I'm drink and partial to the. I'm partial to a mug of brew myself. Tip so. some Elven fanny shakers. Yes. And uh, of course, you know, you have your uh, adventure hooks, and everybody knows that every adventure starts in tavern, right? Well, yeah. As the lore goes, you know, the uh, <laughs> the tavern is the oldest plot hook in the DM's toolkit and in the game. Yeah, this goes back to the dawn of D&D, where, uh, you know, if you were 13 or 14 and struggling to figure out how to intro an adventure, you could always fall back on that time-honored cliche, well, there you are in the tavern drinking, and a mysterious stranger approaches. Yeah, and an offer is made out loud to whomever in the tavern is willing to go, and the group of strangers who don't even know each other but are sitting at nearby tables are all the people who stand up, and that's your party. Yeah. Uh, bam. It, it just easy as pie. Yeah, and there are other ways to start adventure. You know, you can start, like, board a slave ship. Oh, well, all right, now, that was a, another great adventure hook of yesteryear was the... Uh, uh, <laughs> so you're all less, prisoners. Less appreciated. You all start off broke with no property. You're all prisoners, and you must all escape together and then build your fortune from here. That that was a rough one. We that one didn't happen until a little later. But uh, I remember we we put that cliche to work a couple of times. Yep, and as you know, you can attribute it to D and D. It also goes through other genres. You know, most notably like Shadowrun. Ah. You have bars and clubs. What do you do? You drink. And what do you do? You know, wait for your contact, Mr. Johnson, to show up with an offer about a shadowy deal going down. Or your fixer needs some help. And this is where you meet. Yeah. Uh, Good old club penumbra. Where your eardrums are getting busted and your eyeballs are being riveted back into your eye sockets by the alcoholic content of the drink. <laughs> I just consumed an alcoholic beverage so powerful that it may cause my as yet unborn children to grow gills. Yeah. Uh, man, never trust an Elven mixologist. I know, man. Woo! They may look skinny, but man, do they got a constitution of iron. Yeah. Well, it's that eternally regenerating liver, yeah. <laughs> I assume. One can only say. Chris, mine sued me for divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Terminate. Anyway, but, you know, even like James Bond, you know, in your espionage, you know, it's always a swanky club or... Casino Royale. Uh, Clubs, taverns, and bars. Uh, Oh, and not to mention the humble inn with some place to, you know, nip at a drink downstairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of these core concepts are literally found throughout fantasy and other settings for a reason. Sleazy spaceport, yeah, like an establishment. It doesn't matter what the setting or the game. Uh, it's one of those things that's intrinsic to gaming. Uh, you have every right as a DM to go ahead and invoke a cliche anytime you want. Yeah, uh, and cliched it may be, but the bar or tavern is never useless. Right, and, you know, as we just went through and belabored the point of 
that it extends throughout genres. There's a reason that you can use what we talk about here, which will be specifically fantasy, throughout any other setting, because it's just that ubiquitous. And why are the taverns and clubs, you know, from a sleazy alley dive to a rowdy drinking hall to a fine establishment where artisan wines are sipped in tall stemmed glasses? Well, very fine intoxicants are consumed by those burning br- on braziers and hookahs. Oh. You know, it doesn't matter. It's a place where people gather. And that's the core concept. It's a social contact where all sorts of people from all different walks of life mingle and meet. Well, players, they have needs. Uh, their characters uh, will almost constantly be in need of a safe bolt hole to go back to, especially early on in any adventuring campaign. You're going to have a group of strangers with no real property to their names, uh, no home to go back to, nowhere safe to button up. Now, providing them with a variety of locations uh, suitable for all income levels, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we were, we were down at the Dirty Dog over by the wharf uh, for about two years as adventurers before we really made it. Right, you know, in places like the End of the Welcome Wench, the Rusty Dragon. You know, uh, you know, by the time we got to higher level, uh, you know, we, we may not have been able to buy a keep, but we could afford to stay at the Gilded Scroll. Yeah, and, you know, these names became synonymous with where the adventurers recovered after their forays into a dark dungeon or adventuring locale to just places to, you know, rest and relax. It doesn't always have to involve skullduggery and backstabbing and the games of foot in the background. It can also just be a place to relax and meet people. And it doesn't always have to be for nefarious purpose, but it always helps. And as a DM, you need to have a stable of inns, taverns, gambling halls, and even other places of ill repute. Yeah, well, I'm going to paraphrase, uh, and definitely paraphrase, not mm. not quote, but paraphrase. Paraphrase, okay. I'm going to paraphrase Ernest Hemingway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> except I'm going to put the DM spin on it. All an adventure really needs is a sharp sword and a bar to call home, uh, rather than the old quote about the harpoon mm-hmm. and a bar to call home. Right. Uh, but those are... It's not just a social need. It's also a useful tool for DMs to deliver information. And when player characters are involved deeply enough, uh, if they've got enough enemies out there, enough people who know where to find them, uh, having a bolt hole that is reasonably well-known also gives the DM opportunities to place obstacles or contacts in front of the players at any time. You can just... like they. People know where to find you. That's right. And that provides an impetus to introduce new NPCs, allies, and even enemies, as well as just the typical quest. You know, there is a lot of places that adventurers frequent that can also be substituted for this. You know, once you get high up in the ranking of politics or guilds, you know, there's still a place where everybody kind of assembles and loiters about. No matter whether that's just at the town square or it's at the entrance of a dungeon, you know, where adventurers scrawl no- leave notes and 
uh, scrawl on the walls and chalk and other <clears throat> assorted materials. <laughs> Dungeon graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> For a good time, Colt. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I wouldn't look that one up. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, you get the point. You know, you, you can have different locales where information can be disseminated, rumors can be had, but none as easily as a tavern or inn. And that's what more or less we're trying to drive here. And so... It's establishing that, and if people say, well, that's kind of ho-hum, or it's just been done to death, sure, sure, sure. It almost gets overlooked, but never underestimate it. Yeah, I, I honestly love a good cliché, to be absolutely candid about it. Uh, I'm a big fan of recycling tropes from film and book and uh, even a manga. You know, just it doesn't matter where the source is. It's a trope for a reason. You know, people have a little sense of connection with it. It has familiarity. They get the cue really easily. So as a DM, a trope is not necessarily a disadvantage. Obviously, if you hammer it home every single week, you know, any of them is going to... They're oh. just going to wear thin. And you're going to want to break out of that pattern and try something different and shake it up a little. But... If you don't use it too heavily handed, any of these tropes can be hauled out at any time. And ah, they're still cute. They're still fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the other uh, thing is when you construct an inn or tavern or what have you, whatever yeah. you're going to use, you know, there's always a random name generator. You know, what am I going to call this in? The, uh, the blue mongoose. Okay, yeah, it works. You know, nothing really uh, is bad when you can just put an animal and a color or material or an item together with something else. It's the Red Shield Tavern. Why is it the Red Shield? I don't know, because people stop there. You know, <laughs> there. Oh, the name of the bar was the Dragon's Kneecap. <laughs> I thought it was the Whore's Nipple. <laughs> oh. oh, the sign maker got it wrong. Well, I guess so. Uh, no, it, it's a wonderful thing in... D&D to have a place with character to it. And I, I don't mean character like uh, player characters. I mean... Well, I got lots of character. Yeah. <laughs> In Boulder. Uh, now... Oh, you're talking about the other kind. What you mentioned here about... Oh, yeah, I burned the... Giving uh, taverns personality. This is not that different a concept from what we literally touched on uh, in our last episode with... Customizing villains, and customization is the bread and butter of you know, DM world creation. Uh, we, a note that we have, you know, we have struck that note upon the lyre of our uh, imagination Animation. more than uh, once. I would like to say something else, but imagination, I'll go with that instead. <laughs> <laughs> the lyre of our evil? Well, you know. Uh, the lyre of our DM malice? No. Uh, we have struck that note before, but it's a really important note, okay? This is this is big power chord territory here. Yeah. Worth riffing on, okay? This is, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I love that dirty water. Uh, you know, Boston, you're my home. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is power chord oh, 70s boy, rock. Oh, you don't have to. Yeah. See, you're still trying to slip the bard in there, so I'm going to kind of steer this on. Ah, caught me! I literally, I thought I, I was, let you in I, on your I was here. getting this in under the wire, but no, he's known me too I'm long. I'm just, I'm just going with the flow here, guys. He's, he's so. known me too long. He's known me too long for me to get away with this so easily. 
All right. Well, we'll move out of the musical references and. Well, let's take. Let's just take those two random names that we had. Okay. Let's take. How would a trip to the Blue Mongoose be different than the Red Shield? In. Ah, well, let's see. If you got a name like the Red Shield, it sounds like the kind of bulwark that fighters would drop in. Yeah. Now, the Blue Mongoose, that sounds more like your little rogue hangout. Uh-huh. See, right there, and just going with a random name generator you can find online or a supplement or wherever, even your own imagination, just write down some names that seem good to you and, you know, compare them to another list of names that seem good to you. Most people named, if you go through England, which, you know, Mike has done, and I... By chance, well, been to another the place in the world that bars are named, but those really aren't worth mentioning. <laughs> Just going to uh, say for the uh, young at heart uh, and the uh, tender-eared, the Philippines and Thailand are no place for a young man. No. Um, that said, I, I did not go through all of England, but I did go to London a couple of times, and uh, they had the most marvelous names. You know the for bars, and it, it's just a, it, it's almost a, tri- a tradition to have these marvelous names, uh, you know, like the Hind and the Hound. Yeah, uh, or, you know, in the fantasy, we have the fantasy world, we have the Inn of the Welcome Wench from... And there was also uh, at the favored local watering hole uh, down by, uh, not far from the Thames, uh, it was... Named the ship and the whale, hmm. uh, and because at one point in its illustrious career as a tavern, uh, it had been a gay bar <laughs> and had changed ownership since then, but all of the locals still referred to, still referred to it as the ship and the handbag. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, which great staff, uh, the ship and the whale, uh, and I learned a lot about quiz night. Yeah, Which so I learned how much I don't know because believe me, quiz night in a British pub is not a joke. Uh, these people answer questions. You know, we in the United States have things like, uh, uh, "Are you smarter than a fifth grader?" Yeah. Okay. And these people uh, solve Planck's equation <laughs> in exchange for this packet of crisps, and it, they will try their hearts out. Uh, I did not fare well. I did really well on world history-related things and uh, current events. I did not score well when it came to helping out on sports questions because all of the British sports are literally alien to me and all of the words uh, made no sense. So I I knew none of the persons or events involved, but I I did know that uh, Man U sucks. (laughs) Well, there you go. So... But anyway, getting back to fantasy, as you use real-world equivalents, as he mentioned, the ship and the whale, they have some type of antecedent to something that happened there before or attributed to this or that. But in fantasy, we know the Green Dragon Inn, the Inn of the Welcome Wench from uh, Village of Hamlet. Oh, classic. And as well as, uh, what is it, the, yeah, it's the Rusty Dragon and Sandpoint from Pathfinder. And there's oh. probably several from Waterdeep that you might know or from the Forgotten Realms campaign setting that have become infamous or famous, depending on your point of view. But no matter what, like, was, we're using the example. So Mike already pointed out, like, the Red Shield would be a fighter's tavern. Maybe that's a guy who, when you're just coming up with these names, and sometimes you're forced to come up with an in on the fly. Here's a couple of simple tricks. Is when you use the name, as Mike said, just think about the name for a minute. Now, the Blue Mongoose 
could be a rowdy tavern or a sleazy little uh, th den of thieves where somebody is running a little racket where there is a mongoose that biting a cobra. Oh, and well, that's now, a betting, you know. Oh, well, there's an idea. Uh -huh. Now they got the, their mascot. Yeah, that's their mascot, and it, you know, even to just put a more spin on it, the weasel is blue because it was an ex familiar as, uh, or ex wizards familiar that uh, the wizard has crept away. But actually, the thieves just paint the weasel blue. And, <laughs> but uh, in the, in the case of the red shield. You know, the, maybe the fighter said, I found this shield, you know, and it kept me safe. But now it hangs on the wall. So that's the symbol. You just couldn't come up with a name, so everybody just called it the Red Shield. And it was for him, built by a former adventurer. He bought this tavern. That's what I'm going to do. I got a good sack of loot. And after I took an arrow to the knee, yeah. this is where I settled down. And, you know, it, it's a bustling in full of uh, adventurers and mercenaries and, you know, fighting men. But also other adventurers flock to there because, you know, he has a soft spot for those I remember when I was a young, you know, penniless murder hobo down in my luck <laughs> looking for a dungeon to plunder. I had to have a place to get a drink and a good meal. Yeah, so let me point you fellows in the right way. Right. And where the Lubagon Goose is where you go to lose a few coins and get your pockets picked and maybe stabbed in the alley. But <laughs> there you go. Those are two good ways to work an in name into an evocative setting and give character. Now you wanna after a while Come up with the name of the bartender or the innkeep or proprietor, however it is. Now, one of my favorite names that Mike came up with was the Autumn Tea oh. House. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's right. The, the Tea House of the August, or of the August Moon. Yep. Ah. Or Jade Poison Lady. Jade Poison Lady's Tea House of the August Moon. Yeah. Ah. Now, that one evokes a lot. Yeah, and you didn't want to mess with Jade Poison Lady. Why would they call her Poison Lady? I'm not sure I want to drink here. She was a mage rogue. Uh, and, you know, skilled, highly skilled in both, and was not one to tolerate troublemakers. Uh. <laughs> yeah, troublemakers tend to fall over. Yeah. Well, one really? too many drinks. <laughs> Dart to the neck. Or something slipped in there. Yeah, a little, uh, little Mickey slipped to you, and that's... Yep. You know. Slipped into their beverage, or their sake. <laughs> Say goodbye. So any place that you design, the players are going to frequent, you want to flesh out after a while. You don't feel too pressured. I mean, you can just come up with a general name and, you know, throw a few names out there that's sticking around in your craw. That's why it's good to keep your DM notebook always handy and just write down names as you hear them or you think about them. You yeah, know, and if you want a place that's run down, uh, you know, you really want that name to echo the fact that it's run down. You know, like, a, oh, well, oh, welcome to the broken crock. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, or it's a, or if it's a really humble place run by a spiritual owner who isn't into all that tomfoolery and it's just like the bare essentials of food and drink and a palate, welcome to the grain and bowl. You know, just... Uh. Whoa. <laughs> Let's not get too excited here. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who gets excited because somebody put pepper in something. Oh yeah, that was a tough night there, man. I, I, almost I had to close the doors. To, I was forced to subject a. I was forcibly subjected to a flavor. Uh. <laughs> but no, your imagination is the limit here, man, and that's always true throughout all the D I know. But uh, creating places that are different from one another, if your player characters are traveling. 
uh, giving them a sense of someplace different. Uh, there was a place that I have uh, homaged that was an inn, uh, and it was in a book a long time ago, um, Joel Rosenberg's The Sleeping Dragon. Oh, yeah. The Inn of Quiet Repose, where it was just, yeah, quiet repose. We gotta whisper this. Uh, but thick carpets, lavish care, you know, attendance to see to everything. Super crazy expensive. But, you know, you're just pampered. It is the lap of luxury. So if you want to park them from your gold, once again, high quality quarters is a way to do that. Yep, and then you can also introduce rules like inebriation, social diseases... Uh, and brawling, the other sport of champions. Yeah, no stranger to any of my characters in the early days. Uh, that, that guy was looking at me wrong. Everybody looks at you wrong. That's the problem. You're terrifying. Your, your character is six and a half feet tall and has a giant scar running down his face. Well... isn't kind of intimidated by you. Oh, he was looking at me funny. Well, yeah, I'd look at you funny, too. Well, then I'm going to punch you. Oh, roll for initiative! And initiative gets rolled again. Uh, yeah, I threw a lot of adventures right off track there. And yep. loved doing it. Oh. Marvelous facet. Uh, don't be trapped in the notion that an inn is the most boring place the players can go. It can also be a nest of intrigue or... Uh, a place with, like, a little duplicity going on here and there. Or embroiled in something that they're not comfortable with. Yeah, Rough Night at the Three Feathers comes to mind from <laughs> Warhammer. <coughs> Rough Night at the Three Feathers? Oh, yeah, where there was just constantly everything happening at once. The noble woman came in, judicial, her judicial champion got assassinated. All, you know, Whoa. nice Wool of Warhammer adventure just to spring on your players just out of the middle of nowhere. And you're staying in an inn, and you know, you just, oh, it's just another damn inn. You know, you know, flavor text, wake me up when it's done. And bang, instant adventure. The adventure is at that inn. You know, like three major events happen, and you know, one murder mystery, one, you know, some religious heresy is afoot, and then some cultists, always cultists in Warhammer, <laughs> are up to no good. Oh, you can't swing a dead cat over your head without squatting a cultist at some point in Warhammer. Uh, just can't be done. Yeah. They're everywhere. Uh, but uh, that's a good example is like, you know, you, inns sometimes can seem boring or trite. And, you know, and design a little, you know, one, two, three punch of events and let the chips fall where they may or the dice roll where they fall. Yeah, you can let things transpire as you see fit. Uh, but an inn does not have to be a boring place. Instead of being the place where you get handed the adventure hook, to go somewhere else and do something else. It can be the adventure. You know, just to shake it up a little once in a while. I, I'm not saying that every time they rest their heads to a pillow, boom, adventure explodes. The um, beds of Emmy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, at least the beds of Emmy. It wasn't the garter robes this time. Oh! <laughs> oh damn, I hate you for that. <laughs> oh, you never... Garter robe mimic, really? I'm never going to trust the Jakes again. <laughs> this is a dark, cruel world. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I've even been in an inn and had just a dragon attack. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Ouch. Dragonfly ripped the rope right off and started hacking. Well, it was looking for somebody else, but hey, you know. Dragon! <laughs> Shling! Out comes the two-handed sword. Let's go to work. We know what to do with this. Yeah, and that's, well, fight and fight hard while you can. Because <laughs> he's Ooh. not going to give you a lot of time. This is the best in ever. <laughs> Dragon attack in. Yeah. What was the name of this in? I, you can't, you, it doesn't you, matter anymore. Uh, Dragons. <laughs> Welcome to the used to be in. Uh, no, uh, well, it's classic Warhammer in name, the end of the last drop. Oh, yeah. Up, up against in a Middenheim. Cliff. In Middenheim, up against a cliff. Uh, and the end of the last drop was not... Uh, <laughs> because the taps are dry. It, it was aptly named because if somebody offended the persons within, uh, they were usually uh, dosed into unconsciousness and then flung out of a hole in the back of the building that was up against the edge of the, the cliff there. Yeah. And they would just huck them out and let them plummet. 1,500 foot drop. Yep, goodbye. Yeah, you're... Your character is over with. So fate you, points. Uh, it's not working. <laughs> you can't fate your way out of this one, son. <laughs> yeah, so when you make it in, you know, as we just gave you two quick examples right there, just running off the top of our heads, both me and Mike just uh, came up with one, you know, a little uh, sleazy thieves in with a kind of a connotation, a gimmick of, hey, you know, we've got this wizard's uh, familiar, you know, this blue weasel that, or mongoose. That runs around and kills cobras all the time. It's great. You know, come see it. Bet on it. Yeah. Uh, games of chance, also a nice thing to divert player characters from their cash, which yeah. is a thing as a DM uh, you may often find yourself concerned with. Uh, getting them involved in events, sometimes the adventure, is letting the player characters off the leash a little bit. Because we, we get very monodirectional as DMs, which just... Like, next adventure, next adventure, next yeah, adventure. Let them have a vacation once in a while. I've had some great games where some really weird stuff happened just because the player characters were turned loose in a, you know, civilian environment. Oh, boy. Where violence was not the answer to everything. And, you know, they were spending money, making decisions, making contacts. And that was before the drinks were served. You should have seen what happened after they got drunk and we tested out the inebriation rules. Yeah, I did that too. Uh, they were involved in a pummeling contest sometime late in the evening. Not all of them, but uh, enough of them that it was super Punching a fire time. hydrant. Go down, midget! Bang! Oh! Where's my gold coins? Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, that double dragon ale is not fooling. Uh. Yep. We're dwarf barbarian at the Golden Goblin Casino. Got drunk. And the golden, they had, of course, a golden goblin statue that was supposedly a goblin turned to solid gold. <laughs> and, you know, he got drunk, got too many, one too many ales in him. Next thing you know, he buried his axe in the middle of it, the goblin skull. Uh, now that's perfect. Now, see, there you go. That's what happens when adventurers like, get set loose in a setting. Oh, yeah. There was uh, one player actually burned his own dwarf's beard off trying to drink a flaming beverage. Uh. Well, you know, with that, you know, like many stories of my shore leave in the Far East, uh, we'll leave it off at that. Um, <laughs> they leave you a lot of fun and embarrassing stories. Remember that one time? Or, no, we won't talk about that outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of things to hold over your player's head. Remember when your dwarf buried his axe in the middle of that golden goblin and we had to pay for it and go on an adventure? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's well worth remembering.
Those those moments can happen at random. Your players will just bring it to the table and make something out of nothing. Right. Uh, the best adventure hook is <laughs> your players' own clever wiles turned against them. But hey, the tavern is still part and parcel of every game. Yeah. So, so don't don't let anybody tell you that it's it's hackneyed and trite. You know, no one look down their nose at you. Even in Vampire, the Masquerade, vampires still hang out at bars. Yeah. Just saying. But on that, I think we've covered a little bit of this topic. You know, uh, there's a lot of meat on it that we could have got into, but we appreciate you listening to us ramble on. Mike's uh, trip, of course, uh, was a big part for me, because every time he tells it, you know, it gets a little bit grander. But It's a little weirder and a little wilder. But nonetheless... Uh, no, I didn't even cover the good stuff. Oh, well. Yeah. I don't think there's any medium that I can talk about I, my uh, barroom adventures in. So, but we are going to leave you off with this one point is remember, we're giving away that dice bag giveaway, so yes. look us up on Facebook, Dice Are Screaming. Just type that in in that old Facebook browser and that'll direct you right to us. So, get your name up there look up for the very first episode. The title of that episode is what you need to enter in there, and we'll do the rest. We'll find you. Yes, we will seek you out. Ah. With blood in our eye. No. <laughs> well, and a dragon dice bag already packed yep. for shipping. Uh, so pictures forthcoming. Enjoy. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. And I oh, hope yeah. yours is as full of gaming as ours is about to be. That's right. So on this good night, we will bid you a good night. And may, may the, the dice always roll in, in your, your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. See ya.